Canto 7, Chapter 13, The Behavior of a Perfect Person. Today's verse is 29. And the translation, Just as a deer, because of ignorance, cannot see the water within a well covered by grass, but runs after water elsewhere, the living entity, covered by the material body, does not see the happiness within himself, but runs after happiness in the material world. Please repeat. Just as a deer, because of ignorance, cannot see the water within a well, covered by grass, but runs after water elsewhere, the living entity, covered by the material body, does not see the happiness within himself, but runs after happiness in the material world. Okay, jalam is water, tat ubavai, by grass grown, and chana means covered. So the idea is there's water and then grass growing from there that's covering the water. And then we have hitva, and who's, who's, uh, which means giving up. So who's giving it up? Agna, which means a foolish animal. And why is he giving up? Uh, he's desiring to drink water, but he goes elsewhere. Uh, a conf- a um, frustrating kind of scene. And then um, describes what he's going after. Mrigachishnam is a mirage. Upadavit. And he runs after it. He's very enthusiastic, going in the wrong direction. Tatas. So now the comparison. Similarly, Anyatra, somewhere else, Artadrik, self-interested Swataha. So people look elsewhere even though their real self-interest is within. Purport. This is an accurate example depicting how the living entity, because of lack of knowledge, runs after happiness outside his own self. When one understands his real identity as a spiritual being, he can, understand the, he can understand the supreme spiritual being, Krishna, and the real happiness exchanged between Krishna and oneself. It is very interesting to note how this verse points to the body's growth from the spirit soul. The modern materialistic scientist thinks that life grows from matter, but actually the fact is, that matter grows from life. Is just before I go any further, what did you hear so far? <coughs> yes, Prabhu. I really, like the last point, how uh, the material perception is that um, life grows from matter, but actually matter comes from life. Yes, yes. Thanks for recalling that. What else did you hear so far? <clears throat> Due to the living entity's lack of knowledge, he runs for something outside of himself. This is an accurate depiction of 
It's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Anything else? Yes. Here comes the mic. When one realizes their own self is their soul, then they can realize Krishna. Very good. In relationship with Krishna. Yes, excellent point. I'll just read that first part again so we can be aware of the various points Prabhupada's making. This is an accurate example depicting how the living entity, because of lack of knowledge, runs after happiness outside his own self. When one understands his real identity as a spiritual being, he can understand the supreme spiritual being, Krishna, and the real happiness exchanged between Krishna and oneself. It is very interesting to note how this verse points to the body's growth from the spirit soul. The modern materialistic scientist thinks that life grows from matter, but actually the fact is that matter grows from life. Now, uh, into uncharted area in the purport. Are you ready? Yes. Say yes. I need, yes. A, I need a verbal yes. Yes. Okay. The life or the spirit soul is compared herein to water from which clumps of matter grow in the form of grass. One who is ignorant of scientific knowledge of the spirit soul does not look inside the body to find happiness in the soul. Instead, he goes outside to search for happiness, just as a deer without knowledge of the water beneath the grass goes out to the desert to find water. Goes out to the desert to find water. The Krishna consciousness movement is trying to remove the ignorance of misled human beings who are trying to find water outside the jurisdiction of life. Raso vaisaha, raso ham apsukhanteha. The taste of water is Krishna. To quench one's thirst, one must taste water by association with Krishna. This is the Vedic injunction. What did you hear in the second part? <clears throat> yes, Prabhu? How wonderful is Krishna that it gives us access. Where is the verse is glorifying Krishna? Directly or indirectly. So Krishna is so wonderful that even though we are misdirected, he kindly opens our eyes and lets us see what's the real value and how to come back to him. Thank you very much. Gopal Champu. The uh, point of to me was the, the Krishna conscious movement is trying to remove the ignorance of the misled human beings. Yeah, you would tune into that. <laughs> I said he would tune into that because he was talking about the, you know, one of the conclusions Prabhupada's making here that Krishna conscious movement is trying to educate people so they don't do that, run the wrong direction. They can actually find the real water. Prabhu? Krishna is the taste of water. Nice. Raso Vaisaha Apsu. Raso Ham Apsu Konteya. Nice. Prabhu. Prabhupada breaks down the analogy a little bit for us by 
Christ, but in that the water is the spirit's soul, and the grass are like the clumps of matter that come to surround the spirit's soul, and therefore we are unaware of the taste of water, and we're going into a desert for happiness. But if we be aware of the taste of water, which is Krishna, and we enjoy life with Krishna, then we can be happy. Thank you. That was really helpful. I offer my respectful obeisances to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and to all of you, because you are Vaishnavas, and therefore the most worshipable in the three worlds. Hare Krishna. <coughs> There's another verse earlier on in the seventh canto, when Prahlad Maharaj is praying to Lord Nishingadev, when he poses the question, Kutra, that means where is it? Kutra Shisha, Shruti Shukam Mrigatrishni Rupa. So this word Mrigatrishni uh, means mirage. Mriga means a deer. A deer is uh, looking for water. And uh, Prahlad Maharaj says, <coughs> Kutra Ashisha, Shruti Sukham, that the happiness that people are running after, like a deer would run after a mirage in the desert. And he says then that this is, that the happiness in the material world is Shruti, Shruti Sukham, which means you hear about it, but you never actually get it. And so it's a constantly, I'm moving towards um, <clears throat> the happiness, running after it, but like the deer in the desert who drops dead, finally, chasing the water, uh, the um, person who's running in the wrong direction for happiness has to take another birth and try again. And according to <coughs> the desire of the person, when he or she leaves the body, then material nature facilitates another great farce uh, by and, and Paramatma reminds the, the living entity of the, what he was after in the last life. Asau gunamayerbha vera bhuta sukshmendriyatma bhi svandhinamiteshu nirvisto bhumte bhuteshu tat gunan The Supreme Personality of Godhead is they're manifested in the heart and he helps to remind the living entity what, what he's after and to help give him facility to find it. So, the uh, real happiness, Krishna confirms in the Bhagavad Gita, comes from within, and he describes in a preliminary way, in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, in response to Arjuna's question about a person who's actually fixed in consciousness, we could definitively say that the person who's in ignorance and running in the wrong direction isn't fixed in consciousness. But a person who has received proper knowledge and is fixed in that is called a stita pragna. And Arjuna asked, uh, what is he, so what's he like? And the first thing that Krishna says is, prajahati adakaman sarvan parta manogatan atmanyevatmanatushta stita pragna stadochite. Such a person is able to <clears throat> notice that the mind is producing unnecessary necessities, as Prabhupada puts it. It's like a little factory 
that's constantly producing ideas for sense enjoyment in the material world, and the person, prajahati, he's not inclined towards those things, or he's able to not engage them. And instead, atmanyevatmanatushta, that person finds satisfaction in his own self. Tushta means satisfaction, obviously. Atmanyevatmanatushta. And so Krishna then says, stita pragnastadochate. Such a person is known to be fixed in consciousness. So that would be the reverse of this idea, which is that a person who has mistaken the body as the self, or thinks that the external world, the world of the senses, is a source of happiness, the interaction, and the pursuit of organizing one's life in such a way that one could avail oneself to the various kinds of offerings of material nature. That person, Krishna describes, uh, or he describes such a situation in the Gita elsewhere, yehi samsparsha bhoga buddha. That the um, person who is predisposed to pursuing the happiness that comes with the interaction of the senses and their objects, some sparsha, there's a, a connection between the senses and the objects, actually is inviting misery into his or her life. And he uses a metaphor that, that, the, that misery is born from the womb of this endeavor. So, yehi samsparsha bhoga dukayonaya, the womb of misery, or from the, from the womb uh, is born misery when one tries to interact with the, with the external world. So that's good to know. A little... Um, person comes out named Dookie. <laughs> That's the fruit. And it's also in the Gita, Krishna gives indications elsewhere in a kind of scientific way when he describes happiness in the mode of passion. He said in the beginning it's like nectar and in the end it's like poison. Intelligent people who read that can identify with it oftentimes. Right? Say yes, because yes. that means you're intelligent. <laughs> you think about times in which think it seemed like a good idea, but then uh, the, I got the reverse, uh, the opposite of what, what I was hoping for. That's something that uh, Arjuna notice, notices in the first chapter of the Gita when he tells Krishna that I came here to try to get a favorable result for myself, and now I'm getting the opposite. And Prabhupada makes much of that in a lecture when he talks about how everyone tries for material happiness and then they inevitably get the opposite of what they were hoping for. That doesn't sound right, does it? I mean, it doesn't sound like a, a favorable situation. Prahlad Maharaj says when he's teaching his schoolmates about happiness that the minute one starts to think about one's own satisfaction and happiness, that's the minute one starts to suffer. The, one thinks about sense gratification and then immediately becomes um, disappointed and frustrated. 
just with thinking about the pursuit of it, what to speak of the actual chase and the endeavor and, and touching the object itself. I heard recently Prabhupada said that uh, for the yogi, uh, the yogi is able to sub- subdue the senses, which are like serpents. And normally the serpents can bite. And he said that sense gratification is like poison. The minute that you touch it, that's uh, the minute you fall down. So the yogi is always aware of that and uh, has, uh, through knowledge and detachment, realized how to control the senses and through higher taste, engages the senses in a higher course of activities. Sarvopadivanirmuktam tatpratvena nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhaktiruchate. There's a way in which the, the person who's perfectly aligned thinks about using the senses all the time, from morning till night, but has, uh, is properly aligned by, um, in his or her determination to use the senses for Hrishikesh, for the master of the senses. That's a great secret of life. Prahlad Maharaj reveals also in his prayers when he says that we are like little mirror images of the Supreme. And when, just like he, he said, just like when you decorate your face in a mirror, then you'll notice that uh, the reflection also is decorated. So he said, similarly, when we learn that our self-interest means to serve Krishna, then we also become happy and nourished and satisfied. That's a great turning point in anyone's life because it, 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 it seems counterintuitive to what, what I've been working for and what I've been taught to accumulate and to try to protect myself and to try to find happiness independently of Krishna. So this is a a rather um, shocking image, isn't it? It's one that uh, Akura invokes also in his prayers when he's uh, thinking about Krishna on his... Oh, perhaps it's it's later when he sees Krishna and Balaram manifest it as uh, Sankarshan and and Narayan, and he's praying to the Lord, and he speaks about how uh, I'm just like a person who was at at an oasis, and then I ran off into the desert to try to find find a way to quench my thirst. You know, when you see that happening anywhere, I think about sometimes in Vrindavan, when I see cows, they're walking around hungry, and they start eating plastic bags or something. You just think, there's nothing there. But they don't know it. You know, just, it's something to put in their mouth and they, they eat it. And um, birds also, they'll see the reflection in a, in a window and keep bashing their head into the window. A little bird head bang right into the glass. And that's uh, similar to the the observation that uh, a person with knowledge who knows how to engage the senses in Krishna's service would see somebody who is working hard for sense gratification and not getting anything. Prahlad says, Shocheta tov vimukachetas indriyata maya sukhaya bharamudvahatov vimudhan. He laments 
to see people in general you know, endeavoring to get some material happiness. And he said, is it just a burden? Or it's like the bird, you know, bashing into the reflection. So devotees who have uh, tasted real happiness from serving Krishna and thinking about Krishna then also have a great joy in their life in the endeavor of giving the knowledge to other people and helping them to realign their purposes in life so that they can find the real water. That's a really satisfying kind of work to do and compassionate as well. I just came from uh, Delaware and we had a program at the center there in uh, Milton and the, the people there were dancing with what I would call abandon. I've never seen such dancing and chanting before. And then when I was driving around Delaware and observing the landscape and hearing about the plight of some of the people there, I heard that there's been an opioid, 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 uh, what do you call it, epidemic, epidemic. Uh, which means a lot of people taking op opioids to try to um, dull the pain. And um, then it just gets worse. And they become addicted and it's a more and more difficult situation that oftentimes leads to death. And then when, when people find out that there's actual happiness somewhere and they can taste it for themselves like drinking water, then they dance for joy. It's said sometimes people looking for the supreme happiness to trying to find God is just like water, trying to find water and someone will say, God's in heaven. And that's like telling people there's water in a cloud, help yourself. And then other people say you can find God in your heart through the process of mystic meditation. And that's like someone who says, I'm thirsty, and you say, dig a well, it's in the ground. <laughs> it's very difficult. Once I was in Krishna Volgi and I was going around visiting the, the householders there who had these uh, wells, and they have a little crank on it, and uh, they pull up a bucket because there's no electricity. I said, oh, that's really nice. Do you like it? And they go, no, not really. <laughs> they said, it's really hard to get water out of there. I always think about the yogis described by Brahma. They try really hard. But, Pantastu koti shatabatsara sambragam yovayorarhapi manaso munipungavanam sopiastiya praparasinya vijinti tatve govindamari purusham tamaham bajami. They just come up a little short. They don't barely get to the tips of the toes of the Lord. But then devotional service, this gratitude, raso vaisaha and rasoham apsukonteya, as the Prabhupada describes how if you get around, if you get the association of Vaishnavas and you understand how to show gratitude towards the Lord and, and love Him and serve Him and offer things to Him and chant His names, of course, Chanting the holy name is like water in the palm of your hand. At any time, you can 
take it and, and drink it and actually taste real happiness. So, what a great reminder and uh, an embarrassing kind of situation running in the wrong direction and Krishna consciousness is inclusive of, of this self-realization because when one sees the sunrise then one sees oneself also by the power of the sun and through association of devotees and associating with the holy name of the Lord then one begins to realize oneself as an eternal servitor of the Lord and there's simple satisfaction in that I just remember times, I can think back to specific times when I looked up from my practice of devotional service and I thought, this is really nice. Like, um, I think of one time I was in Chicago, I was stationed in Chicago, and we were with a team of devotees and we were going out every day for book distribution to O'Hare Airport. And every morning we had kitri and poppers <laughs> and some fried, fried chilies. So they weren't so hot, they were fried. Pralambaha, he was our, he was a cook. He was cooking for Triparari Maharaj, and that's what he ate, so that's what we ate. And then we were all sitting together, and we'd had a morning program, we had chanted japa, and uh, then we were having kitri poppers and these chilies. And I looked around and I thought, this is so nice. I'm with all my friends, we got something to do. It's easy to eat this kitri because it's so good. And I just thought life is fantastic. I was actually uh, just ecstatic. And uh, Krishna consciousness is like that. You can actually drink the water. There's a, there's a real taste there mm -hmm. from uh, all the different practices of devotional service. There was a little thunderstorm in, in Govardhan when we were staying there. As you can get a taste, in, in the, if you go to the Dom, there's things about the Holy Dom that just uh, can, just out of nowhere, you're not expecting it, but something can come up that makes you, you know, this rasovaisaha, there was some taste in that. And uh, I, there was a thunderstorm, I was sleeping actually, it was early in the morning, I think it was about 2 a.m., and the thunderstorm came over, we're right next to Govardhan Hill, and I heard the thunderstorm, and I, I was just kind of envisioning the little clouds over Govardhan, and, and, and it was just, a, all I can say is it, it, it's, it's, it was charming. And that's how the whole environment is there, it's, it's charming, you know, and, and that's how bhakti is. It's, very, it, it's charming to see Krishna dressed up. I mean, who gets to see that? Most people get to see box stores and freeways, and then look at a television set, and um, there's no satisfying image. You know, on a Facebook, it's the thumb's got to keep going like this. No, no, no. <laughs> Didn't find it. But it's so nice to be able to stop somewhere and just look and go, yeah, that's charming. That's really beautiful. And uh, that's the Russell Vaisaha. The, the quick way to get rid of the, the, the dross and the the grass that grows off of the self and covers up our real interest. It's such a simple thing too, if I know my real interest then I can just do it because that's what we actually act for our self-interest but if, if I've forgotten what my self-interest is that's a lamentable situation. 
I've seen too, you know, out gardening. I watch sometimes or even on a walk on a, on a kind of a wet day. You ever seen a snail going the wrong direction? Like into traffic or something? A little snail, do, 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 do. They're little vegans, you know, so you gotta love them. Except when they eat your garden. But they're going across and they're heading for the freeway or the bike path or something like that. And they said, sorry, I know you made a lot of progress or you thought you were making progress, but you know, just <laughs> turn them back, put them on a leave or something like that. You feel satisfaction because like he didn't know. What does he know? He's going to get hit by a bike or somebody jogging, you know, and you just turn him around, put him on a nice dewy leaf so he can drink fresh water and, you know, have a little salad. And, and it feels good. So this trying to help other people, if I'm clear about, you know, if I'm feeling happiness in myself because I'm drinking this uh, charming nature of Krishna consciousness, it, it, you know, chanting japa and it feels like this is the right thing to do. Just feel aligned. Prabhupada says when you chant japa you should sit down tight and chant very loudly for a long time until you become single-minded and fixed on the lotus feet of Krishna. And you know if, if you feel that fixity and you, f and you feel this is the right place to be, I, I, I don't want to be anywhere else, then you know trying to help other people becomes more natural because I'm living a balanced life. I feel satisfied. And so the words I speak will, will make sense to people because they'll, they'll see in, in me that there's, yeah, this person feels satisfied. Living entities are smart too. They can see from the countenance of another person if uh, he or she is satisfied. Now I'll take some reflections or questions. I'm not used to a 45-minute class, <laughs> as you could probably tell. I like how when you said when one tries to interact with the outside world, it ends up in misery, like you think it's a good idea, but then it's the opposite of what you want. Yeah. Which brings me to my question. Um, how do we start using the senses fully for Christian consciousness, especially when we don't feel like it or don't want to? Is it necessary to suffer so we can realize how nice Christian consciousness really is? Well, one thing I realized in reading the Bhagavatam this year at Govardhan, we read uh, the Krishna book in the 8th and ninth Canto. And we got into the ninth Canto. There are many scenarios there that really indicate the topsy turvydom of the material world. There's so many changes and people go through so much difficulty and I was thinking how the Bhagavatam hits on all the notes and gives a, a, a very uh, wide spectrum of experience that you can learn by hearing. And I, 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 I've seen it year after year when we sit and listen to Bhagavatam that devotees who are thinking maybe about the material world and when I get back I'll do this and that and then they just sort of give it up. I was like, nah, forget it. <laughs> I already heard about it. You know, it, it, it's, it's really powerful to hear. So it's important to hear for a long time. That's something that can clarify things because when you heard something, you're just about to go for it and you're like, no, I heard something. You know, that's, that's a wisdom. Or at least it's, it's knowledge, enough to help me 
from hurting myself. So that's really important. They do that at uh, Weight Watchers. They have this sambandagyan in Weight Watchers. They measure you and make sure, like, to the you know fraction of a of a, um, a what? Huh? Here I am wasting time. I only have three minutes left. Uh, <laughs> to the ounce fraction of an ounce, and then um, and then they they sit everybody down and they they give a talk about you know. Uh, how it's be careful what you eat and this and that and talk about what things to eat. So when people go out then into the world, you know, just when they hear they're walking past the refrigerator and they hear a gallon of ice cream calling to them, and the, you know the spoon's over in the drawer and he's like spoon, ice cream, chair, television, <laughs> you know. But then they hear the, the the voice of wisdom, you know, from there. Weight Watchers program, and they go, nah, I'll skip it this time. I'll go for a, a walk instead, and, and I'll have a persimmon uh, <laughs> later on. Because <laughs> that's on my list. <laughs> and then they, you know, they avoid disaster. So we can avoid disaster too by having uh, sambandagyan and also uh, a clear way to measure. That's also helpful too. When we have this association with devotees and we hear about, you know, Sankhya Purvaka counting our our practices in certain ways and staying on track, that can help a lot. So we don't necessarily have to suffer, although suffering is a great teacher. And if we're, we have the right attitude, and when suffering comes, we don't go into victim mode, which is kind of a default mode that everyone's been trained in in the material world. It's like, wah, why me? If you go into this mode of like, okay, then what's, what's this supposed to teach me and how can I rise to the occasion when I'm suffering like this, then the fruit becomes really powerful. Thank you for your question. I doubt there's time for another one because it's like exactly at the top of the hour. So I thank you very, very much for maintaining such a clean environment for uh, people to enter into. You may not know it because you're right in the middle of it, but this is very clean and nice and transcendental. And what you're doing here is exemplary and very important for each individual and for the world. So thank you very much and please keep up the good work. Hare Krishna.